There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. is a baby face again and all it took was him wrestling through a brutal injury and causing himself loads of pain and possibly irreparable damage to his physical status but it made me cheer him was it worth it i'm ollie davis i'm joined by luke owen d-a-d this is our hell in a cell review video please give us a subscribe Leave a comment down below. Give us a comment. Send in an ultra chat to wrestletalk.com forward slash support with your thoughts. We'll read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars by the end of the show. None of your stinking Canadian or Australian dollars. And um, also check out the live reactions that we had last night with Sullivan Beau Brown and Adam Blompier getting hot, sweaty and tickly. Oh, very much so. And so, spoilers, Sullivan Bo Brown losing by, I think, a record 10 points. Yeah, he he ended up with minus one points, which it has it, never happened before. It's because he had Asuka to win mm. uh, the Raw Women's Championship, and that was also his Joker pick as well. So losing four points at the start of a show is probably quite bad going on minus four points by the end of the first match yeah not a great start so if anything him getting to minus one probably a good thing well at least he has come out of this with one championship adam gifted him the defunct jam that championship so i guess congratulations you're a joke sullivan bow brown having said that uh, with so many interim championships being around at the moment, AEW may even have an, another interim TNT champion with Scorpio Sky going in from an MRI. Maybe it's time we brought back the interim championship again. This occasionally happens in wrestling. There will just be loads of injuries, and I feel like we haven't had this for a while. Like the last time I remember crazy injury mania running wild... I want to say it was Helena Cell 2018, maybe even Helena Cell 2017. That's the sort of Bray Wyatt and 
Um, Roman Reigns got the stomach infection. Oh, yeah. A bunch yeah, of yeah. other people were injured around the following it was, months. It was when we went to have Sister Abigail versus the Pumpkin King. That one, and yeah. And in the end, we got Balor versus Styles instead. That wasn't a Hell in a Cell. That was a TLC. Yes, sorry, yeah. sorry. And Kurt Angle became Shield Dad mm. for, a day, for a day. Dropped them off at school. <laughs> and we had, I think we've, you know, it's not, we've had injuries, sure. But mo- most people, presumably because the pandemic touring schedule hasn't been as intense first of all you don't get injured as much because you're doing fewer dates although some people argue the opposite's true because you're not working a lot you pick up injuries when you do the one match but also like maybe people wrestlers think oh well i'm only doing one match a week now i'll just work through this niggle yeah and like man i mean what a week has been as well you know it was only last week we had all the MJF drama and the plane ticket and the no showing of the event, the, the thing and that. And then, you know, him doing the show, then we're going in to do that pipe bomb promo on Wednesday. CM Punk announcing that he's injured. And then we get like Brian Danielson yeah. is reportedly injured, although he's only going to miss a couple of weeks of shows by going by some reports. But yeah, like Danielson's injured. Adam Cole is injured. Anthony Bowens. Yeah, and uh, Scorpio Sky, current yeah. TNT champion, is apparently going in for an MRI this week. And then you go over to WWE, and it's like, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns is now a part-timer and is not doing shows as much anymore. Randy Orton hasn't been around for weeks either. Cody Rhodes is now injured. Sasha Banks and Naomi are, like, gone. And you're just like, this is just an insane period of time that we are currently living through. And this Cody injury, like... Man, it couldn't have come like a worse time for him either. I think people had pegged him to win Money in the Bank and was probably going to be champion by the summer. Oh, do you think I thought Money in the oh, Money in the Bank and then announced the cash in the in advance maybe for SummerSlam? You reckon? Well, yeah, and then that like, was only uh, four weeks after. Yes, but that, that's all these so of the fan speculation uh, type thing that he is looking to be the champion come the summer. See, I always saw Cody as cashing in his title shot. WrestleMania. Yes. So a much longer term story. So I don't actually... But bear in mind that Roman versus Rock is probably the bigger match for WrestleMania than Roman oh, versus you're Cody. Right. You're right. That's definitely happening. <laughs> yeah. In Sorry. WWE's mind, it still is. Please, Rock. Look, we're doing a Survivor Series tribute show for you. I don't care. Yeah. We're promoting your show, Young Rock. I don't care. Stop calling me. Oh, you're so cringy. I thought I broke up with you guys. <laughs> Uh, so this is, yeah, we should probably say, just in case you haven't watched anything or read anything news-wise, uh, I certainly hadn't. I didn't read any wrestling news yesterday. I just had a, a pleasant time by myself. I only saw it when I was making the thumbnail for the live reactions last night while my in-laws and wife were watching old episodes of Gavin and Stacey. Mm. And I was like, well, I'll know what I'll do during this time. Work. Oh, God, James Corden's James, on James TV. James Corden's on screen. Where's my laptop? I need something else to look at. And so I, I was making the thumbnail. And I just put this big picture of Cody on there. Hell in a Cell, live reactions, put it up live. And then it instantly went to Twitter. And all the reports were like, yeah, Cody might not be resting tonight mm. because he's torn his pectoral muscle. I was like, oh, that's a bad thumbnail choice on my part. Well, well, you know, tut a tear of your pectoral muscle Pfft. it's nothing if it's all off if your entire pectoral muscle has fallen off the bone apparently that's fine well it was fine for triple h wasn't he in that um dx versus brothers of destruction match and his purple bosom yeah, exactly yeah. good grief so yes i um at the start of the show of the pay-per-view Corey graves solemn face there's been rumors around that Cody Rhodes has been attacked by Seth Rollins and he's suffered an injury. And I was like, 
I'm bored of this already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like like the Cody Seth stuff. It's the third match. I don't think anyone was excited for it. I was after Monday's promo. Okay, yes. Well, that was a good go home segment. Seth's promo where he was talking about like turning this into a you're an AEW guy invading mm. here and trying to steal the throne away from me was the first time I've been like, oh, I'm actually interested in this feud now. Yeah. I mean, none of that really played into the match or anything because it was overshadowed by purple boobs. Yeah. But, you know, still. Purple boobs, <laughs> purple boobs. So then matches happen, and then we get another cut to the commentary desk. Oh, yeah, well, we can confirm that Cody suffered a, a partial pectoral tear in the brawl on Monday, and while he was training over the weekend, the whole thing fell off. His whole tit fell off him. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, you know, like, this is a good little storyline hook. Cool, I guess. It's the main event. I guess, you know, when you haven't got any actual champions on the show, uh, bar the Raw Women's Championship and the United States Championship, this is this is how you hook people into the main event. And then the main event started and Seth Rollins made his obnoxious walk down to the ring. He had his dressing gown on, the one that the Night's Watch Game of Thrones one that Becky bought him for Christmas. And then he opens it up and he's wearing the polka dots. Yeah. Huh, nice reference. And then Cody walks down. I'm sure I'm sure Dave Meltzer was thrilled about that in his review. Did he go <laughs> did he go off on one about how it was such a small part of Dusty's career? Don't be silly. He was too busy focusing on how this match should not have been allowed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so then Cody comes down. He's got the Homelander jacket on and he just goes, whoop. And the crowd, the whole Chicago arena was just like, oh. Oh, no. And oh, then, dear. Then they were silent for like five minutes when they were like, is 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 it make? I was like, is that makeup? I was refusing to accept this was real. I went back and I watched Adam and Sullivan's reaction to it. And they'd clearly not been paying attention during the bits when the commentators, as it happens when you do live reactions, yeah. you weren't paying attention to any of the commentary stuff where they were like, hey, he's got a torn pectoral muscle, this and the other. His pectoral muscle has literally fallen off the bone. And they obviously hadn't seen in the reports either. So the second he took off his jacket was the first time they knew something was up. And then it was just a debate of, is that makeup? Mm. Is this real? Is it a work? And it was just everyone in the comments being like, no, guys, this is this is a shoot. Well, I was I was watching the those commentary links and I heard the pectoral stuff. I was for the first few minutes, I was still like, is it a work? Is it makeup? Because this has been the workiest work of the year for wrestling, the workiest week of the year for wrestling, I'm Absolutely, to say. yeah. The only reason I knew going in is because the, the, the first report I'd seen from it was from Meltzer, who said, like, he tore it during um, uh, weight training. Mm. Um, so I kind of went into the show knowing that this was a real thing. So I never had any inkling that this was a bruise. My only note was just, bloody hell, that bruise on Rhodes is gross. Probably shouldn't be wrestling at this point. So I have read, I think it was WrestlingNews.co reported, that the... The, the the medical staff would not have cleared him if it was a tear because you know oh you've just got a little tear you might tear it more but because the whole <laughs> muscle had torn off the bone they said well it can't get any worse so sure if you want to be in that much pain 
Go out there. And I think Cody was already through the curtain. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go cool. I, I can cool. go, right? Adrenaline <laughs> in my soul. <laughs> Uh, what a shout out uh, uh, Eric on Twitter sent me across a video uh, as a, a doctor's react to mm. things so it was like a, a medical professional basically went through the match and was like okay look here's why his arm's purple as well and sort of like explaining like why you know his whole body is gross and like, you know he's trying to do a Thanos cosplay type thing and he basically said like in my medical opinion I would have told him not to do it Mm. Uh, because you, like you're right like the wrestling news dot co thing is right and this is what the doctor was saying as well is that no more damage can be done it's already done like you have done ev- you've done a hundred percent of the damage you're going to do to that particular area there the worry is what if you do damage elsewhere because you are sort of compensating for uh, this yes you may go out there and aggravate something else. And then not only are you on the shelf because of this pectoral muscle, you've also injured your leg. And now you've got to go get that sorted out as well. And this is, we'll talk about the the match. The match itself, 25 minutes, I think was brilliant anyway. It was exceptional. And with this injury, it made it even better, is the right word to say. It certainly made it more affecting. Captivating. Captivating. I think Meltz used the word compelling yeah, on Twitter. Because there's so many different angles to look at this from, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I mean, I thought it was an excellent match. But to go back to that question, that doctor would not have allowed him to go out. Mm-hmm. Or he, he would have advised him no. Yes. But he wouldn't have stopped him from going out because it's kind of Coda's decision. It's by your choice. Point. And this has created a kind of debate from all the reactions where there are, there are two camps, although there's you know, obviously loads of crossover. Should WWE have said, nope, you can't go out there. Your tit is blue. Mm-hmm. Or should they, should, what what happened? Yes, it's not going to get any worse. Jeff Hardy's still wrestling in AEW. Hey, you know. You can probably see where my allegiance is like. <laughs> I'm on team WWE again. Why does this keep happening? But it's, it's you know, it's the, the Matt Hardy argument. AEW should not have allowed Matt Hardy to continue that match at all out. Mm-hmm. But Matt Hardy, the wrestler, was like, but I'm fine. I'm okay. Because if you ask a wrestler, are you sure you want to do this? Apart from CM Punk. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, by the way. I think it's very good he's getting that scene too. They will always say yes. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're the original Sin Cara who broke his pinky that one time. I was like, <laughs> no, guys, I'm done. I'm done. Can we, uh, can, we, can we call off this match, please? A wrestler will always go ahead and do this because it's adrenaline in their soul you might say and you know there's the old school way of thinking i have to wrestle other some otherwise somebody else is going to come and take my spot spot. i think if you're wwe as well um like and, and you know you have to pull this match at the last minute who are you replacing cody with because you have zero other top stars to put in there that would be an equal replacement to cody rose also yeah, it's called Hell in a Cell, and that's the only Hell in a Cell match on the card. Yeah. So I, I have tremendous respect, and I think that's I think that's the overwhelming um, reaction. It's more like, oh my god, this guy really put his body on the line for wrestling for WWE, and pre this moment, just to sort of describe my journey of how I experienced Cody. I, I'm i happy for the guy, yeah, he's in WWE, but I, I haven't been secretive of the fact that I think it's, you know, 
it exposes a level of hypocrisy because for years he was saying, WWE suck, I'm Team AEW, and all of a sudden, that changes. Yeah. Uh, There's always a price. Yeah, so... I, I, If you don't like my morals, other ones can be yeah. bought. And whatever played into that is like doesn't matter to me because he said the things so i think you should just not say those such definitive statements in the first place anyway this was the first time i've seen him in wwe where i've been like oh wow no he he this feels like he does still love wrestling and he's doing this for the spirit of things and not just the money maybe that's it it felt genuine rather than purely motivated by the most awesome complicated contract ever signed what about you so i think yeah i i still don't quite know where i i fall in on the in which pool i i jump into on this um because i you've got to commend him for the guts that he showed to do this match because i can't even imagine the level of pain he was in imagine at some point adrenaline does just take over and you do because I, I feel that when he took those first few bumps it was like a, oh i've made a terrible mistake <laughs> but then as the match goes on and on and on you kind of get more adrenaline and you sort of like you can work through that he'll wake up you know tomorrow morning and be like oh i've made a terrible error and i probably shouldn't have done that but on the other side of it i am like yeah probably probably shouldn't have wrestled that match at all however but it's you know to answer the question of like was it worth it i mean he certainly i think this is the most baby face reaction he has had from a crowd to kind of look at the comments that were left on the rest talk news video that you did for your review the comments that we had in the chat before this show went live everyone is like team Rhodes, and like this was this did more for him than going through a flaming table or any of the stuff that he was doing in aew this one performance here has made him probably the biggest babyface star in wwe it and it now sucks that he's going to be gone for so long who knows how long he's going to be out for like maybe he's going to be out until the rumble and they can have that mm. big rumble return with the big and they win the royal rumble and go on to wrestlemania right yeah, I think the the usual recovery time, unless you're John Cena for this injury, is seven to eight months. Yeah, that's that's the rest of this year. It's Rumble time. It lines up perfectly, though. Yeah, so it's so, an you know, amazing Rumble time. And when he makes that Rumble return, he's going to get an enormous reaction for that as well. Hmm. So, you know, in that case, yeah, grand. I do also think it sets quite a bad precedent um, of... I, I just don't think we should be allowing wrestlers to make these sorts of decisions because as we said with the Matt Hardy thing or the Jeff Hardy thing. If you ask a wrestler, are you fine and can you do this? They will always say yes, because there's idea of someone might take my spot, but B, there's this sort of macho balderdash within all this. The sort of macho balderdash that Vince McMahon loves, which is like, you've got to be a real tough guy out there. You've got to be a real, show me you're a real tough guy. Like there's countless people in WWE that he hasn't pushed over the years because he doesn't believe they're a legit tough guy in this make-believe sport. I also think it's, you know, they are performers. The show must go on irrespective of any physical pain they're in. I think there's there's a pride. I, I would say that the, yeah. the, the number one thing in the modern age is it's pride in the work that makes them want to, to go out there even though they're injured. Which I think is the same as the, the macho bravado of like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a tough guy. I can do this. I the think show must different. Be, I, I, th I think women could do that as well. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But like, I think macho is just sort of like the overall arching term mm. to describe this sort of behavior. Um, but you're right. Like this guy, I get, any athlete can do this, this sort of thing. I mean, also Cody has made no uh, no bones about it. He has no plans to wrestle after he's forty. And you know, hey, he's on his, on the road. To, he's on the road to the top to do that. So just like, hey, I'm just gonna wrestle a twenty five minute match, doing all the spots we probably had planned, with the exception of apparently a moonsault that they they scrapped from <laughs> for obvious reasons. And he got an incredible match out of it. And it was really, really good. I don't know whether the... I think I just I moved past the injury. Mm. About halfway through the match. Oh. And the injury didn't actually affect me at all after it. Like about sort of midway point. And it didn't really play into it. I got more involved in the, the bull rope stuff. And like the sledgehammer, which I thought was so thematically wonderful following on from Seth's yeah. promo that he had on, on Raw. So I got more involved in that side of things as opposed to the, oh, you're a... In fact, anything... It was the commentary that was putting me off that because every 30 seconds you had Corey Graves or Byron Stanton be like, man, he's so tough. He's so brave to be out there doing this. And I'm like, oh, he's a brave boy. He is a big, brave boy. And I know he's a big, brave boy, but I don't need you telling me that every 30 seconds because it's making me actually hate him for doing it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that. I, I think it's an interesting injury because most times, you know, injured necks or concussions, they are not visible. Whereas this is one of those rare instances where your body turns purple. So I never did not. I was always looking at that. Every move that was done on Cody, every move that Cody performed, I felt it in my own nipple first mm. because I was seeing it like that big mark. But I guess like the quite the line is ever moving and very fuzzy. But you're saying that if you were in charge of a wrestling promotion in this instance, you would have said, no, Cody, even though you really want to, I'm not going to let you go out. I, I think you have to be the responsible adult in the room and say, no, you can't go and do that. However, if I'm in Vince McMahon's shoes in this situation, I am looking at my roster and be like, well, I've got literally no one who can mm. replace him that will be a suitable replacement for this match. Uh, uh, and, you know, in this sort of Hell in a Cell match, or whatever. Maybe you make the the women's triple threat a Hell in a Cell instead, and you. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not exactly the big feud ender, but that's the only other big match you've got on this card. It's not gonna be Matt Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. But yeah, like I think that I I think as a responsible promoter it would be no, you don't get to make the decision here. I'm the person in charge. I make the decision here. Could we have a poll? Yeah, of course we can. That's uh. So the question would be, everybody. Would you have let Cody Rhodes go out to wrestle? Remember, he wanted to go wrestle. He said um, on a promo after the show went off air, this was his decision. Uh, but would you, as the promoter, have taken that, like, just superseded? Because you're, you're the person in charge of this yeah. company. But for me, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm so desensitized. But I look at the last couple of years in wrestling, and I feel like... Uh, many other examples supersede this for me, like Kenny Omega's Vertigo, anything that Jeff Hardy does. Mm -hmm. like, Matter all out. Yeah, I, I it's the, the the last four months on AEW programming has made me far more uncomfortable than this because it was. Yeah, I, d I felt like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just it I, didn't, I, okay, didn't get to me. Yeah, I don't know why. Because like, I mean, you and I it got watched to me that. on a sort of a more storytelling level. Because we watched that the the Young Bucks match with the Hardys at Double or Nothing, and we were during that being like, oh, I'm actually quite uncomfortable watching like it, this. Yeah. Didn't like this at all because I don't think Jeff should have been out there wrestling. 
and I, you know, after that bump that he had against the Derby and the thing, we people accused us of clutching at our pearls mm. because we thought that that bump that Jeff took was, you know, the, the bumps they were taking might have been a, a bit too far. Turns out we were probably the ones in the right because he took some nasty knocks from it and then has not been quite right ever since. And I don't think if I, if I was Tony Khan, I would have looked at that match and been like, you're okay to go out there and do that match. Because as we now know, he wasn't. And he shouldn't have been out there doing that match. And the card certainly didn't need that match. No. And then if anything, all the Young Bucks have done since then is win matches mm. and say, we're going after the tag titles, rendering that match pointless. I actually think, now we're talking about it, maybe the reason I'm okay and preferred the experience of the Cody injury is because, and this is probably Cody's genius here, he made it an intentional part of the match. All ever because it would they put it out front and center on commentary, very visibly on his body. Whereas the the other examples I'm talking about, like Jeff, which was very overt, or Kenny, which was hidden, and you only found out about it afterwards. I'm like, well, that was never part of the match. So something felt like it was going wrong. Yeah. Whereas with Cody, because he had retconned it. In fact, I I feel like um, yeah, it, it, you feel it, okay. It jives with me better. And actually, I mean, you look at the difference in reactions that Cody has had from the wrestling world to what mm. Jeff had from his performance at Double or Nothing, where he was, you know, probably not in the right condition to be performing that match. Everyone is just like, man, Cody's one like from all angles of wrestling as well, from WWE, from AEW, from the independent scene, being like, he is one tough guy, and like this, and it's made him feel like a much bigger star off the back of it. And as you said in your review, he now does feel like the top babyface guy in this company. And he kind of was before, mm. but this really does establish him probably on the same, if not bigger level than Randy. Well, I think before this, he was the guy that WWE was pushing as the babyface. Now, to me, he is 100% a fan babyface as well. Yeah. I will... Uh... See, as an as a sort of a an example of this happening before, whenever I hear the name Eddie Edwards, I always still think, bloody hell, what a tough guy. What a tough SOB. Because when I first started watching Ring of Honor, he had just wrestled like an hour-long ladder match with a broken elbow. Like his elbow was smashed in. And they, they sort of mythologized it. And that never left him as sort of a, a character, that aura. And I feel like that's what, what's going to happen with Cody here. Should we talk about the actual match? Mm, because yes, like, this was the underlying thing throughout, but it's also a Hell in a Cell match. There was also loads of weapon spots. So it was a typical Cody experience in that there are about three things too many, and sometimes that's too much. In this one, I, I felt like it gelled to perfection. Yeah, I, I think the um, the bull rope spots, I think... I laughed. I, I mean, I, I laughed as well because I was like, oh, Cody. Like, it is a very Cody thing to do. But also, quite, I kind of dug it a little bit. Like, it didn't really do much of anything, but I kind of dug it for the sort of the visual that it was. First of all, Seth got a whip. A polka dot whip. Because it's a Cody match. Then, yeah, Cody gets out the bull rope. So I'm just thinking like... Just have a bull rope match, man. You're already in hell in a cell. <laughs> then th this was my only problem with the the match. Seth then went to get tables. And the crowd had been chanting since the Mad Cat Moss match, 
we want tables. So the first wrestler, heel or face, that got that table out was going to get a huge reaction. Why did they not just call an audible and give it to Cody? I have no idea because like, there's <laughs> this crowd shit. They were already... And, and this is kind of like why I, I kind of slightly disagree with with some of the comments that I've already made on this. And some of the comments I think people have been like, oh, this has made Cody Rhodes a massive baby face. Because this Chicago crowd were still singing Seth's entrance theme song during this match, even prior to that table thing. They were already going like, whoa. And I was like, hmm. This, and I've written my notes. Man, this really must suck for Cody. He's going through <laughs> all of this and the crowd is still chanting for the other guy. And then, yeah, then Rollins gets the table and the crowd chant, thank you, Rollins. Like, How did you not see any of that coming? Mm. Then to make matters worse... Rollins goes against another table. And I was like, how have you not learned from the first time this happens? Yeah. When you probably should have already seen that coming. That's that's like a... And the fact that the commentators were surprised by this <laughs> but implies that everyone was surprised by this in WWE. It's proper thick, though, isn't it? It's very thick. Because, yeah. like, Happy Corbin... I can rag on Happy Corbin till the cows come home. He's boring as balls. But at least he recognised that the crowd were chanting for a table, so he didn't get a table, so they booed him for it. He got a chair. He got a chair and I believe he's he said, smarter than Seth Rollins. I believe he said off mic, this is better. <laughs> he's a better heel than Seth Rollins is. He is... Happy Corbin has got more wrestling smarts than Seth Rollins. In, in that... In that... In that bit. I think, actually, overall, <laughs> because Happy Corbin isn't doing dives either. And Happy Corbin's probably actually selling things. Uh, the, the When Moss, Mad Cat Moss, then didn't get the table out to capitalise on that, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's that's a shame because that would have helped Moss, but they're obviously going to use it for the big baby face pop in the main event. And then Seth got out both tables. <laughs> I was like, this is Wrestling 101. Sure. The crowd are not behaving the way you want them to. But the solution to that isn't to belligerently do what you were going to do anyway. It's ride, ride the wave of the crowd momentum. Anyway, that was the only bad thing I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, the sledgehammer came out uh, because Triple H, which for me is like the far bigger th theme here, more than Dusty. I feel like Triple H is the... The looming presence. It's certainly been dusty leading up to it. It's only on since Monday that that has changed because mm. that was when Seth was talking about how like you left six years. Well, yeah, he said you left six years ago. He got fired, but you know whatever. Um, and you and your friends tried to put us out of business. And then he said you don't get to take a sledgehammer to the throne and then come back and try and take it from me. That there is also suddenly has made this much more thematic that kind of brings up the Triple H stuff that you get in this match. And I, I thought it was a, a really, really lovely touch, uh, not just the Sledgehammer, but also the pair of them trying to hit a pedigree. Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes finally hitting a pedigree after teasing it for the last 18 months, <laughs> finally hit a pedigree. Would have got a bigger reaction had he done that in AEW because it got a semi-reaction here. But hey, do you know what? At least he's finally done it. Uh, but in the end, he hit two crossroads and a sledgehammer shot. He also kicked out of the stomp to win. And the crowd popped huge because I think most people probably thought he's injured. Seth's going to win because that means Seth gonna be, is beaten an injured man. Cody's kind of protected in defeat. And Cody's off for seven months minimum, really. So Seth's the one who's going to stick around. So when Cody won with that babyface sympathy and story... An amazing moment. 
And I was surprised, this being Chicago, not a single AEW chant I heard. I wouldn't have expected one anyway. Hmm. We haven't had an AEW chance since Cody came back. We didn't get any at WrestleMania. If you're not getting them at WrestleMania, yeah. you weren't going to get them, regardless of, of where they are. Because I just think that the companies are catering to two different audiences and there's a very small crossover that are going... Not that there's a small crossover that are watching both shows. It's a small crossover that are going to mm. both shows. Mm. And there isn't that vocal AEW audience that would chant AEW going to WWE shows because they have picked their songs. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's see what you'll think. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your ultra chats in. Uh, the Guilty Hat says, Not seeing this spoken about much, but what does last night do for Seth? He couldn't beat Cody in a no-DQ style match that he picked and has more recent experience of, while Cody was missing an entire peck. This wonders for Cody, but makes Seth look rubbish. In fairness, it was Cody that challenged him to a Hell in a Cell match, mm. so it wasn't Seth's pick. But you, I mean, you are right. Like, it is, That's three losses on the bounce for Seth Rollins. Um... I mean, hey, give him money in the bank, maybe. Yeah, I, it does make Rollins look bad, but that's the nature. Sometimes you have to beat a top guy loads to cement a new top guy. And also, by WWE's logic, if he does get money in the bank, that then just immediately yeah. undoes all of the stuff that's happened beforehand. Liam Leonard. Fair play to Cody for the match, but I do question the doctor's decision in allowing it. Easy, uh, in allowing it. Easily WWE's best match in years. Also, Finn Balor's losing streak continues. Heartbreaking. Jam that jam. It's 100% joining the group. Captain Hugglers. 
I'm just going to let the uber macho monkey part of my brain go off and say I have so much respect for Cody going out there looking like ground beef at the end of the day. I just think it's badass. Paul Egan, it's been a long hard road across two companies, but I can finally say that I love Cody Rhodes again, like a brother. The torture he puts himself through for our entertainment is surreal, and don't think Seth loses that much because he looks proper. S word, <laughs> zero and three. Charles Berg, damn, Cody full on ripped his tit. I broke my collarbone when I was in first grade. I had a similar bruise and it hurt a lot. I don't have enough room to tell the story in this chat, but it was obviously super awesome and not at all pathetic. <laughs> Riot DR. Hey yo. As a concerned human being, I studied his movements and beyond the bruising, Cody did have adequate range of motion and it didn't look quite as gross as expected after hearing his peck popped off. As a fan, it was a beautiful story of ow, ow, ow. Tem Ruzza. Love how Cody felt like he wasn't getting attention anymore and did this to get people talking about him again. <laughs> yeah, gym injury. <laughs> Brandy, Brandy, just yank it. Haha, uh, -ha, he needs to calm down and don't risk it. Yes, a great match and memorable, but uncomfortable to watch. The moment he revealed it was shocking. Fightful just said Cody is getting surgery on Thursday. They listed similar times out for other wrestlers, with it being five to six months. So a possible Rumble return and win. I'm not Team Rhodes. I can't believe anything he says anymore. <laughs> Sully Tickled was fun. Yeah, Sully being tickled was fun. T tickle forever. Black Adam. I was behind the babyface fight through injury story, but then the typical Cody match kicked in. Rollins dressed as his dad, whipped with a polka dot belt, turned into a bull rope match and a hell in a cell match. The pedigree, the sledgehammer. Come on, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's Cody match. <laughs> Cody match, they're overbooked. You know, just steps on steps on steps. It's like it's like the, there is such a fine line, like a like a like a poached egg. Between the, the amount of time it's left in there, mm -hmm. if it's left in there a second longer, it's too hard. Yeah. And that's what Cody's is. It's like he's just going to put in a, another step, another step, and sometimes it's perfect. But, oh, it just gets the step, like too many steps, ruins it. I liken Cody matches. I've literally just thought of this uh, off the top of my head. So apologies if this doesn't sound like it's well thought out. It's fine. I just did the poached egg one. I think Cody matches are like reading menus in a burger bar. Hmm. You start off, burger, and it's cheeseburger, and it's bacon cheeseburger. And the lower you get down the menu, the more stuff that's been added to that burger. And you kind of look at that menu and you'd be like, do I go for the one that's got every single thing in the kitchen under there? Or do I go for that one that's in the middle? That's Because I don't want just a plain burger. I don't want just a plain cheeseburger, but I also don't need hash browns and onion rings and a steak in there. Maybe I can just find that sort of middle grounds in there. That's a burger that I can actually fit into my mouth. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I love big burgers. <laughs> well, I mean, I do too. Always put a hash brown in a burger. Absolutely. Potato when I, and bread. When I was a meat eater, that was my favourite thing in KFC. We were just mm. like, hey, you put hash browns in burgers, you oh, bloody geniuses. The fillet tower. Oh, fillet tower. But the box meal. And you get a wing with it as well. Then you get some uh, chicken wings on the side and yeah. some popcorn Beans. chicken and two sides as well. Perfect. Tails P. Cody is living these kingdom lyrics as seriously as possible. Uh, what is it? Adrenaline in my soul. No, no, Look no, at no, me, no, I'm Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. And Joshua Larkin, a 10-month member, Cody's feelings aside, I hope Seth had a say in whether the match went on. A significant physical limitation makes for a potentially dangerous partner. That's a good point, That's actually. That's a very good point. And, but, you know, it's they obviously had a more 
dangerous match planned. But they didn't really use the Hell in the Cell structure. It was all kind of in the ring, really. And that's what I loved about it so much. The Hell in a Cell was just like this set dressing almost. Mm. And it being the only Hell in a Cell match on the card. It felt like a defensive oh. ender. I mean, I did make a very uh, pithy note in my notes where it was just like, you know, at the end of the match, Cody was like, that's it, it's done. I was like, well, they'll wrestle again next month. <laughs> well, in seven months. It, I mean, they'll have a showdown in the Royal Rumble. Like that'll, oh. be the, that'll be the first thing that Cody does when he gets back is have a showdown with Seth Rollins. In the, and then they'll probably have a match at Fastlane. And then they'll Cody. both be in the chamber <laughs> yeah. because Cody will put his Rumble title shot on the line. Yep. Uh, we just had a few more come through on this topic. Akon 22, Cody's return scenario. Seth wins Money in the Bank, cash in on Roman for the WWE title, goes on a run on the way up to Mania. Cody wins the Rumble and challenges Seth for the WWE title and wins at Mania. What do you guys think? Love what you do. Thank you. There's part of me that likes that Akon. The other part of me that's just like, that means Cody Rhodes will have been in WWE for a year and have only wrestled Seth Rollins and The Miz. <laughs> That's what he would have wanted. <laughs> Edgar Colasco. Hmm. My respect to Cody for fighting through the pain must have been brutal. Hope he's champion soon. Side note, Ollie. The way you pronounce my last name has become an inside joke between my 13-year-old daughter and I. By the way, I'm Mexican. Crying with laughter face emoji. Hi, Luke. Wave emoji. Hello. Carrasco. Carrasco. Oh, Carrasco? Isn't, isn't Z-T-H sometimes? Could be like, like Chorizo. Carrasco. Mm. Ruzza, it will be interesting to see if Cody feels forced down the throats at some point soon after the return I personally want Rock versus Roman for the titles to get it out of their system <laughs> good to hear you two sound wide awake unlike Adam last night hashtag jam that jam I mean it was late it was late uh, last one here as well Steve Atkin be like Cody be like WWE might be able to stop me bleeding on the outside but they can't stop me bleeding on the inside surely he realised there are easier ways to join Edge's House of Purple very good. Right, let's go into all of the play-by-play. -play. We'll pick up the pace, though, because we're 40 minutes in and we've only talked about one match. Yeah, we didn't even talk about there. The, um, I mean, I want to, I'm not going to say rumours. Oh, should we? Oh. And the with the poll, the poll, the poll is still yes. going. Um, there were there's speculation, fan speculation. It should be added that the fiend was going to be mm. was going to show up in the match in some because Wyndham had put out his tweets in the week saying like you know just be ready, it's coming soon. So much so, I didn't realize I was reading about this today. There was such a surge in like fan speculation that the fiend was going to be there. There was a huge spike in secondary market ticket sales for Hell in a Cell. People going to that show just in case the fiend came back. In case anyone's wondering, Bray Wyatt's still a draw. Which I thought was very interesting. Mm. And there was a moment right at the start of the match when Seth was trying to get something and I saw a toolbox fall out and I was like, oh no, maybe The Fiend is going to come back. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he goes back to WWE. But we'll see. I Okay. I, matches. Yeah, I know the matches. I don't know whether he is either, but a lot of people kept asking Sean and Sean was like, hey, you know, I've seen what they were paying him before and I see what they're paying, him now, paying people now. They may as well bring him back. I feel like there are conversations going on that Sean knows about, but he's not telling anyone. Becky Lynch versus Asuka versus Bianca Belair was our opener, and it was an absolute banger. Oh, it was awesome. Put me in such a good mood at the start of this show, which I had no expectations for. Um, and it was just awesome. They went about 20 minutes. It was constant action. All three of them looked 
awesome all the time because it was like someone doing all their moves on everyone. They get thrown out. It's your turn to do all the moves. And there were kickouts, near falls all the way through to the end. And Becky all the way through is sort of trying to sneak in a pinch. She's the ultimate opportunist. Move aside, Edge. You're purple now. And at the end... Becky threw Bianca out. She went to pin Asker off the manhandle slam. But Belair came back in, threw Lynch out, and Be uh, Bianca got the pin, smiling down the lens of the camera. Usually that's a heel spot, but the way they told it, she came off as this awesome baby face. She came off as this smart baby face, beating Becky at her own game. Mm. I thought it was a tremendous finish to an absolutely awesome match. These three really did work. Like, even when it was, you know, three in the ring at the same time, they did so many great jobs of putting Bianca on the outside and then Lynch and Asuka exchanging near falls to really make you think they might switch the title here. I mean, I was never in doubt that Belair was retaining. I was, like, she was, quite com I was quite very confident she was going to retain her title here. But they did an amazing job of making me think that they were going to switch the belts. I thought it, I thought this match ruled. Sully probably thought oh, I might might win this one. Mm -hmm. Didn't minus one. I uh, think, I, in fairness to Sullivan, I think he thought that because Asuka has been pinned twice leading into this match. They thought, well, maybe that's because she's going to get the big mm. win. No, it's because she was also getting pinned in this match here. Gr great, great for Asuka being pinned three times in three weeks. I don't feel like it. It makes her lose anything, though. I, you know, this was such a good match, and wins and losses don't really matter in WWE. Where I could, I would be perfectly fine for them to just do this feud for the next pay per view cycle. I do feel like we are still because of this finish. We are continuing be uh, Bel Air versus Lynch, mm -hmm. which is grand and everything, but they have been feuding since SummerSlam. It's an eternal feud. That, I don't mind that. That is, so a, that is a lazy excuse for just like, we have no one else for her to feud with, so she'll just feud with Becky Lynch. I, just, I feel like this feud has properly cooled off now, and I'm ready for Bel Air to face oh. someone new. Oh, well, I, I disagree. Well, you know, of course, originally this was Naomi probably being beaten here. Uh, MVP and Amos were backstage, and Cedric Alexander was like, hey, guys, the Hurt Business is so great, isn't it? And MVP's like, dude... Go away. Yeah, That's I've, not a thing anymore. I, I feel like I tell you this every week, but her business isn't a thing anymore. So then there was a video package, and the video package recap ended on F Fullmighty? Is that the name of a Moss and MVP? No, so that is MVP released a diss track, which was the, the soundtrack to this video package right. called Fullmighty. Cool. And this turned into the handicap match of MVP and a Moss versus Bobby Lashley. Huh. Eight minutes. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> I I seem to be one of the few people who enjoyed a Moss slow charging. Lashley I was going to say. Ring. You said in your review this awesome spot. I bust a gut laughing at that <laughs> spot because a Moss ran like he was in slow motion through water. So, I don't know so, how Bobby went like because Bobby had to do all of the work for him. The same way that Cedric has to do all <laughs> the bumps for a Moss. Bobby like Bobby Lashley looked at him approaching and had a good five minutes to work out his plan of what he was going to do to explode himself through the barricade it was proper cack and this crowd were dead for this and i don't think it's helped by the fact that the, all the spots they did at the start were all of the spots that mvp and amos do in every single one of their matches which is like how's he gonna take the big man off his feet like all the other times he's taken him off his feet in the five thousand matches they've had since this feud started 
And like, what worries me about this is Bobby won here by tapping out MVP, and it makes me think this feud must continue. Well, probably not, because Cedric Alexander took out a Moss, so I guess that could carry things on. Later on, Lashley went up to Cedric and was like, you're annoying, but don't interfere in my matches yet again. Lashley, smile. Thinking about my sisters. And Lashley also posed with a fan's championship belt. A fan, I reckon they were a plant. And the commentators were like, wow, he's calling his shot. So I think we're getting Bobby versus Roman as our next program. And I think for that to happen, Bobby needs two seconds. And they are going to be Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin. Yeah, to go up against the, the bloodline, right? I mean, y- you might be onto something. The rumor is it's Riddle. And I feel like Riddle is the much hotter program he's still working mm. with the bloodline and stuff so i feel like we got that for money in the bank then um randy for SummerSlam, then drew for clash of clans which means that bobby's not challenging for the title until uh september two belts the, yeah but if if you're a baby face going after him you're gonna be like i'd like just one of your titles <laughs> please sir and i want to do it after you've already wrestled somebody else yeah baby face yeah i I think if you're going after the belts you're going after both of them belts Mm. so i don't know where you go with bobby lashley other than i think he's gonna have a match with a moss again tonight on raw i I almost guarantee they're having a match on raw tonight this match uh the only way to make this feud work is if a moss never took a bump and if lashley never got his hands on mvp Mm. he knows the revenge oh yeah They've done that so many times in this build. Yeah. This feud, let's maybe get started, when Lashley took a moss off his feet in the week before (laughs) WrestleMania. Idiots. Kevin Owens then took on Ezekiel. Um, I was really looking forward to this match. Yeah. And most, not for the match, because I, you know, as soon as Ezekiel wrestles, unfortunately, everyone loses interest. But I was looking forward to this match to find out what happens. I felt like this was the time to have the payoff to this surprisingly fun little two-month story we've had since Mania. And Kevin Owens took 80% of the match and won and then walked out. Like, like he... But I, I never thought the match was the thing Owens wanted to win. No. I thought the thing Owens wanted was to expose Ezekiel. And we didn't get that. So I, f- I felt like this under-delivered. I don't know what this set out to achieve, really, because on commentary they were talking about how, like, hey, Ezekiel's been unbeaten since he's come into to Monday Night Raw, so he's on this real hot streak. He's pinned Chad Gable all his times. So has made, like, Kevin Owens lose a couple of matches and stuff like that, so it's really into their head, and Kevin Owens is so frustrated with not knowing who the real... But no, he just won here quite easily, actually. It was barely in- an inconvenience for him. He just won, and then left. And I was like, I don't know what the point of any of this was and they'll, they'll just act on raw tonight like it was some great big plan of his i don't really know what the point of any of this was yeah i'm kind of over it as well now i'm kind of getting past it now, uh, yeah. but I, I do think they don't know they don't know how to finish it yeah i don't think they know whether <laughs> he is actually elias or if he is elias's younger brother and so they're just waiting until they've made a decision and then that will be the end of this feud until then we're just gonna spin keep spinning this plate he's the smoke monster <laughs> that's exactly what he from is. lost the bloody polar bear oh, damn it. <laughs> after that we had the believe club versus edgment day in a six person tag this what a lot of people are saying well, this pay-per-view, really, it's just an opener and a closer and Sunday Night Raw in the middle. 
I thought this was a banging match. That you could have got on Raw. That you could have got on Raw. Yeah. Maybe, but... With, you... Raw puts on banging main events a lot. And like this feels like a banging <laughs> Raw main event. Mm. But Edge doesn't... I feel like Edge does have a premium live event power. And he doesn't wrestle on TV. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, seeing Edgement Day all as a faction... Very cool. I, I, I do think this is being overlooked. And it was a hell of a match, which somehow... Liv Morgan, again, feels like the most overthinking. She's awesome. She's so good. So, so great. And, like, I think the Becky feud, we can look back on that Becky feud and talk about the wonders that it did mm. for her popularity and, and her career on, on the Monday Night Raw. Because I think she is really is destined for greatness. And I thought that she worked so, so great in this match. The stuff she's doing with Rhea Ripley is absolutely stellar stuff. Like, not stellar, but she basically overshadowed um aj styles and finn balor like she felt like the real star of that group yeah bullet club yeah just, just two leaders of bullet club finally they're on the apron yeah but tag live in i'm thinking yeah <laughs> quickly I mean, and it was annoying actually that there were two lads to wrestle the other two lads and they can do lots of tags in and out yeah. and i was like well Liv can only get in if they tag in rhea ripley like when rhea ripley tagged out i was like well, that means Liv morgan's not in the mm. match anymore for me if I can be, because uh, I thought this match was it was a very, very good match. But again, I'm looking at it being like, I don't quite know what the point of any of this was. Because the story they were telling was that Judgment Day, well, Edge beat AJ at WrestleMania because he had the numbers advantage. And then he beat AJ again at WrestleMania Backlash because he had the numbers advantage. But now AJ's got his mates. And so now it's a fair fight. And Edge still beat AJ Styles. Yeah. Because he's crap and Edge is great. Like, I guess that's the point of the story now. That Yeah, I, I, I think that's okay. Edge has a faction. He's got a hit. Everyone's playing off the same playbook. And that is greater than AJ and his random group of mates. Cool. But the story was, was like the numbers game thing. So Edge didn't beat him because he had the numbers game. Edge beat him because he was just better. The numbers game just happened to be there. I think the numbers game is a part of it, but I think the bigger part of the feud is if you join Edge's faction, you start to you, win. You start to win and you become better. Which is why I think Balor may be... Like, I feel like that may have been the point of this match is to pin Balor. Pin Balor. Uh-oh. And, you know, his losing streak doth continue. I do think that maybe he's going to be joining you the think group. Finn's next, which would be a shame because I think there's much more mileage in Finn and AJ together as a tag team and doing doing some stuff mm. there. But yeah, like I mean, Balor. When was the last time he did anything? Mm. Like you know, it fell on his keister against Roman Reigns, and then has just been pinned a lot in in a lot of the sort of build up and stuff. He does feel like the third wheel of this group. Unfortunately, it's not his time. It's Edgement Day's time, and I, you know. First pay-per-view match, premium live event match as a faction. Good, clean, very solid win. So, I can see <coughs> Edge being in Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was clean. We didn't get interference. Let's see who this new member teased might be. AJ Styles got busted open hard mm. in the last third of this match. Sure he sure did. Just being checked uh, at ringside. We got Lashley with Cedric backstage. Then we got Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. The only SmackDown match on this card. And my first note here is, good lord, I could not care about this. I It was a no-holds-barred match. The crowd was super hot for it. Well, they got into the... <laughs> that Corbin was working them very well, as we the aforementioned, you want tables? Here's a chair. I'm just not sure I'd use the term 
super into this. I think they they were into this as much as Mad Cat Moss versus Happy Corbin deserves. I think they were over, but they were definitely more into it than it deserves. They were more into this than they were the match that came after it. Yeah, which that I was a hometown boy and stuff. Which right? I actually forgot again took place on this card. Can I share my massive... The reason why I hated this match. Because I thought this match was mostly boring. And there's a reason why I really, really hated this match by the end of it. This match had been built up around Happy Corbin pilmanizing the neck of Madcap Moss with the, the Andrew the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And that took Madcap Moss out. Then Madcap Moss came back and he's got he's ditched the suspenders. He's now wearing black trunks. Still kept the name, which I don't quite understand. And then at the end of this match, he pilmanizes the neck of Baron Corbin using the steel steps. And Baron Corbin does the big injury angle at the end. That is all great. Except for the fact that in the middle of this match, they also pilmanize the neck of Madcap Mad Moss as a spot. Because he put the neck, the chair around his neck and then smashed it into the table to do this sort of big like, oh my god, I can't believe what. And Riddick Moss was up not 30 seconds later and was on offense. I was like, well, why did you... If your big spot is that at the end of the match... Why on earth would you book that spot in the middle of this match and then completely no-sell it? I it was... It was that was a, a minor version. <laughs> it was like when Adam Cole hits the boom with the knee pad on. It was... I don't know, dude. Maybe I'm overthinking this. You are. Maybe Maybe it's just because I, I just ha- I hate <laughs> these... I, maybe it's just because I hate these two quite a lot working together and I never want to see them on TV again. I never need to see another Happy mm-hmm. Talk segment. I feel like this may have been the end of the Happy Talk, like the Happy Corbin character. I hope so. But I was just I was baffled by them doing that spot. If that was your big end angle was to do the pilmanizing the neck, why on earth would you do the chair spot in the middle of a match for nothing? My problem with this, well, that also must have an incredibly impressive fall away slam on Corbin. He's a big guy into the steel steps. Uh, my nitpick with this was Moss should have got a table out because mm. the crowd would have gone crazy. You're trying to get him over as a new baby face. I don't think it really takes away from the two spots you're giving Seth. But it would have actually helped because they, they would have been him, given yeah. the table at that mm-hmm. moment. So that's it, it's just a shame that everything's so rigidly planned out that the wrestlers obviously aren't given the freedom to improvise, particularly people at Moss's level. It might have also helped Madcap Moss as well, because when he got the win, you know, WWE, they love to get the crowd reaction shots of people. Uh, They cut to this kid flipping off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Madcap Moss winning the match. Why are those three people staring at him? Because he was just flipping them off. I don't want to see this. And the final match, which Lucas forgot happened three times today. I actually have. So I told this story to Ollie when I came in. I listened to Going In Raw's review of this. They recapped Madcap Masters of Happy Corp. And I was like, oh, cool. And then the main event comes next. And then they said, then Mustafa Ali took on Austin Theory. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened on this card. And then I immediately listened to Fightful's review of this. And they recapped Madcap Masters of Happy Corp. And I was like, cool. And then it was the main event. Completely forgetting this match took place. And in that moment, you just saw me a second ago being like, I actually forgot it to play mm-hmm. again. Legit forgot this match was on this card for the third time today. I wouldn't blame you. Uh, it was Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali for the United States title. Ali's in his hometown. Chicago were mildly into him. They were doing everything they could to, to get that pop. I don't think they really announced. You know, the ring announcer said Chicago's own. Shots of his friends in the crowd. Yeah. It used to be a massive part of his character, how he was like a police cop in mm. Chicago and stuff. 
but the the crowd were into him making an entrance but they weren't into the match at all this felt like a united states title match on a pay-per-view in 2010 between jack swagger and christian christian yeah for the ec for the ecw (laughs) championship where everyone's just like Cool, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's the, it's the toilet break between the big match of Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin and the main events. This had some re- quite innovative offense in. There was the sort of springboard second rope Spanish fly from yeah, which theory which he's theory. done a couple of times on Raw. It's like one of his main moves now, I think, which is very it's really cool. And, and Ali, you know, is always very good. It's just like the standard for wrestling excitement now is far beyond what it was in 2010. So even though this was a far better sort of well worked in ring match. It just, it's totally forgettable. I think what doesn't help this, because um, you didn't see Raw this past week, mm. which kind of explained how this got set up. Because the story oh, it was very confusing. Because the story they had, they've been telling with <laughs> Ali and Austin Theory is that Austin Theory doesn't want to wrestle Mustafa Ali. That's why he's been booking him in other matches. So it's against The Miz. Uh, you got a challenge, you got a championship contenders match, but it's against Veer because he's running scared of not defending this title against Ali. And then on Monday's Raw, it was Ali versus Champa, championship contenders. If Ali wins, he gets a shot at the US title. Austin Theory intentionally gets Champa DQ'd so that Ali wins, and he beats up Ali around ringside. And the reason for that is because your championship match is happening right now. Great bit of heel work, mm-hmm. right? Because he, so- he doesn't want to have this match. So he beats up the beaten down Ali, and he wins very, very quickly. And he's up there going like, ha, 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 I've outsmarted you. And then Adam Pearce comes out. And he says, Vince McMahon has told me to tell you that he thinks Ali should have a fair fight and you're going to have a match against this Sunday. Don't know why Vince McMahon has decided this, but I also don't know why Austin Theory's reaction to that was, okay, cool. Because <laughs> that's yeah. completely counter to what this is. And actually now I know why he was like, okay, cool, because this match was barely an inconvenience for him and he quite easily won. So I don't really know what the point of any of this was other than for Ali to lose in his hometown. Yeah. But like you could have done a much bigger ending here. You could have had a false finish of Ali winning the belt and getting that big hometown pop and then having Austin Theory managing a way to like, you know, reverse the decision, Vince McMahon coming out reversing the decision and do a big heel shenanigans thing because you don't just get heel heat by just beating a mm. lad quite easily. I think they could have done something much bigger here to make this a much bigger angle as opposed to Theory wins LOL. But I don't think they cared. Well, I, you know, I think we may get... This is filler. But I think it's a way to give Theory some wins because I think he may have a big match at SummerSlam. One of the, the online speculations is it's him him versus Cena. Yeah. For SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, that was the last match. So overall, I gave this actually 85% above double or nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was A, half the length, uh, and B... I think you had two absolutely like because you had two banging matches that bookended this show. The middle portion of its two and a half star matches doesn't feel as bad because you've only got really an hour, hour and a half in between the two great matches. I mean, I would probably would have given it four out of five just on the strength of those opening and closing. The middle portion, that's fine, but that's how you book shows on my GM mode. You gotta have that that okay middle with the two great bookends. So yeah, thought it was a, a perfectly. A very, very good show. I enjoyed it more than Backlash. We've got the poll results as well. And Luke's undefeated streak of poll results continues. 64% of people would not have allowed Cody to wrestle with this injury. 
because I think there are humans out there. Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs>
exceptional. So I think that's pretty good if it's a six-match card. Was it six or seven? Uh, seven. Seven. Yes. Sean McDermott. Nice to see Cody get the kudos he deserves for that performance, but let's not forget about Seth. He, w- he has exercised his fiend Hell in a Cell abomination with two bangers with Edge and Cody. Yeah, he's becoming Mr. Hell in a Cell, isn't he? Yeah, I know, sure, but everyone's always going to bring up the, the yeah. fiend match, though, aren't they? <laughs> it was that bad. It was. <laughs> He'll never run away from it. Uh, Riot DR says Ricochet defending his Intercontinental title against Gunther Ronda Rousey defending her women's titles Nope, we gotta make room for Corbin and Moss <laughs> to have a street fight On a side note, Moss had tights that aren't bland I've seen them, why black? I think that's that the, It's the name that's the problem Yeah. Don't get distracted by the black tights um, Yeah, and like you know, Ricochet versus Walter. That's on SmackDown on Friday instead, rather than being on, mm-hmm. on you know, the pay-per-view. Uh, Vandalian 1998. Just wondering, since Adam let Sullivan have the former interim championship last night, are you retiring or having, like, your own brand split with one belt doing WWE predictions and the other doing AEW predictions? No. No. Sully is not a champion. He is, Adam has just given him a belt. Adam is still the jam that champion. Adam unified the belts at WrestleMania, and he is just gifted a defunct title. It's the Hardcore Championship. It's but, not even that. But it's not. But I, I, yeah, I was going to say it's the Hardcore Championship. In that, it's not a real belt. Vince McMahon just gave it to Mick Foley as a joke, and then it accidentally became a real title. Only ours. It's not going to become a real title. Vandalia. Oh, sorry. You were doing the chance. Uh, Riot DR has been a member for three months. Thank you, Ollie. I now have the urge to write a song called Purple Tit. You'll get a writer's credit should it work. Thank Hope you're you. doing well, by the way. You should probably also credit Prince. <laughs> I've done the heavy lifting, but also probably Prince yeah, too. I mean, the songwriting. He did do a bit of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. my guitar solo, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, Rob Sedley, brand new member. Uh, Daz and Million, pretty great weekend. The Killers on Saturday, Queen at the O2 on Sunday, and Monday morning with a one minute Sullivan tickle. Some things you cannot put a price on. I was going to go to the Killers, but it was a hundred pounds a ticket. For the Killers? Yeah, it was a stadium show. Who haven't had a song since 2005. Shut that F <laughs> up. The Man? Yeah. I'm the Man. I came out a couple of years ago. I'm just saying, it'd be like if the kooks were trying to charge a hundred quid a ticket. Nah, the killers are still awesome. How dare you? <laughs> uh, and Edgar has been a member for seven months in a row. The original pronunciation was correct. She just enjoys the Italian hand uh, gesture that you make. I'll always mark out for Joe, Joe, Joe. Awesome. I'll do it again then. Edgar Kladzko. Uh, and Danny G has been a member for ten months. Said, we've all seen how Luke works his roster to death when he's in charge, so no good getting all high and mighty now. Hey, now, oi, I hi- I've been hiring a lot of other people to make up for some of my very injured people. Thank you very much, Danny G. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much. Please subscribe if you're not already, because we've got loads of content coming for you. Like, myself and Sullivan Bo Brown will be reviewing The Raw after Hell in a Cell, which I'm expecting will have. Elias versus Kevin Owens, or sorry, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens, Amos versus Bobby Lashley, because I, I think we're going to get a lot of money in the bank qualifiers. That will be repeat of the match we uh, Edge versus uh, Balor, yeah. but money in the bank qualifiers. Helena Cell backlash. 
That's exactly yeah. it, yeah. So that's a Raw Tomorrow review. Myself and Sullivan Bo Brown, who is not a champion. Then on a Wednesday, SP3 and Sat Eniangi will be reviewing NXT 2.0, the big fallout from In Your In Ye Hace. And then on Thursday, Oliver Davis and myself will be reviewing AEW Dynamite, where an no, not an interim champion will be crowned. One half of a match <laughs> to crown a new interim champion will be crowned on that episode of Dynamite. It's so clear. <laughs> it's so it's, clear. It's, you know, watch the promo back. He says everything he needs to. It's all that was missing was Mike Tanay and Don West being like, it's really quite simple. <laughs> the the <laughs> tail of the tape comes exactly. up. <laughs> Those point one. You need to enter the match by going under the bottom rope. <laughs> And then on Friday, it'll be the Team Danuke Show. We're talking about the biggest news in the week of wrestling. So please do subscribe to this channel. We are on our way to 70k, where we will do a Royal Rumble randomizer for 10 straight hours when we get to that point. I'm, I'm not on that one. No, you won't be doing that. You got so <laughs> tired after doing the... I could, I could pop in. You can pop in and say hello for one yeah. Rumble, and then you can pop <laughs> off again. Thank you all so much for watching. We will see you tomorrow for the Raw Review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.